Are you a storyteller? Anchor is the place for you. Whatever sort of show you're hosting, from talk show hosts to audio drama producers like Red Hawk Radio Theater, Anchor is completely free. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, Red Hawk Radio Theater listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're joining us, as always, now particularly during this time apart, where our storytelling function isn't really practicable. But we're in a reflective mood about the birth of the club this year. I'm Clayton Hester, and I guess I could call Red Hawk Radio Theater my brainchild. I'm the co-founder of the group with El Freitas. And Becca Peach is an original officer of the group as well, helping us to build the organization as we know it today. We've come a long way in growing this production team, and we're very proud. What you're about to listen to is our first recorded after show, done directly after some secondary recording for Hear Me Out, our first show written by yours truly. We've dug it out of the archives. Take a listen as we take a trip back and reflect on where it all began. That being said, we're ready to grow more when all this clears up. We're hoping that... Through your support and patronage, we can continue to develop Red Hawk Radio Theater. You can find Red Hawk Radio Theater on Patreon. Check us out and support us for added benefits and a deeper look behind the scenes. But that's not the only thing we need to grow for the show. Student listeners, we're asking for writers and actors. Join us today and pitch your stories and try out for roles. Email us at redhawkradiotheater at gmail.com. All right, and welcome, everybody, to the Red Hawk Radio Theater After Show. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we are here today. I am Clayton Hester. We are here with Grant Kaltenbach. We are here with Gabrielle Freitas. And we are here with Becca Peach. And we are talking today about the show that you know as Hear Me Out. And we'd like to just get into a little bit of a conversation about the likelihood of whether or not <laughs> anything in the show would actually happen. And I know that... Some people who I've heard back from already, we, um, when they listen to it, will be disappointed that the ending is not happier. And actually, let's, let's, let's talk about that first. Is it a happy ending or is it not? Because I have like had like mixed reviews about this. I, hi guys, Grant. Uh, <laughs> um, I personally think that like, I don't know, for me, it's kind of like, the ending for me is like when you're really nervous about a test and then it's not that bad. So like for me, I'm like, oh, you know, if this happens, it's going to be this horrible world ending thing. But then like they're still alive at the end. You know, they they still get to go and get like into trouble. Is mm-hmm. that your, your baseline for life security? Just being alive? This is Gabrielle. <laughs> uh, no, but like. I don't know. I think there's a good second there where, like, Rodney could have died, you know? <laughs> I think if you wanted to go dark, dark with it, like, Rodney could have died. So, like, it's not the worst case scenario for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, at all costs, wanted to avoid an Orwellian ending. You know, if you've read 1984, it does not end pretty. And um, it, and it's just, like, the soul-crushingness of it. I didn't want it to be that because, I mean... You don't really want that, and it, it's just kind of mundane after a while because I do think it's a happier ending than what you might expect. It's just kind of you've got to keep on doing your own thing in spite of the insurmountable 
problems in your life. I know that authors probably shouldn't talk at length about things that they've done in this way, but that's that's <laughs> kind of how it is. We just kind of got to roll yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Do you think that um, the Alexas of the world are coming for us? Ooh. No. I mean, I think I think the the files are definitely being compiled somewhere, but I don't know how much information they could actually grab from them. And I definitely don't think that artificial intelligence can ever match or even exceed our intelligence because you can only have the output of what you put in. It's a logical fallacy to assume otherwise. I don't know. Because, well, here's the thing. is like, I don't know. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So let me let me start off with the thingy where like, um, have you seen Google's latest like rendition of Google Home for your phone? They haven't released it yet, but you can tell it to like call a place and reserve an appointment, and it's like if it called you, you wouldn't know that it you were getting a call by Google. You you would think it would be like a personal like a human personal assistant. So are you setting up this to call for you? I mean, if you're the one setting yeah, it up, yeah, you can then say like, problem? you can say Google, call this, and it's like, hi, I would like to reserve a reservation for um so and so so and so, and it puts the ums in because ums are like realistic. Hmm. I think people would still figure it out eventually, though. Like, I always know when I'm talking to a machine when I'm on like hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Occasionally, I don't, and now that I've started basically irritating. The callers just like saying incredibly stupid stuff like, hey, how's it going? I know. I tell you, those timeshares, they're the worst. <laughs> and so, yeah, I kept interrupting a, a gal one day about that. That was that was actually a lot of fun. And, and I can only imagine what she was feeling like. Um, but have you ever read anything or heard anything about just kind of the amount of like disposable memory that we basically are able to rely on machines for we can save so much data with them that there's a, a good chunk of you know stuff that we would have prior had to to save and now we have the google to go to as you know the all-knowing google and uh I'll... yeah actually there was a brain games episode where they covered that it's um I forget what it's called, but it's basically we're outputting part of our memory into external systems so that we can save space in order to do other things that we wouldn't have been able to have had time for before. There's a, a PBS D Digital Studios does a lot of good uh, things about it, quite a variety of things. But anyway, one of them is more about the attention economy. How's it affecting us in terms of our devices um, and talking about kind of the, the psychology of dealing with uh, your phone. Um, yeah, so with that in mind, uh, what do you think of the the way in which we are, I guess, currently dealing with our phones? Should we be, like, throwing them out the window? Like, you know, completely rejecting, you know, Elaine? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's kind of like... Ooh, it's hard. It's a hard question. These are hard questions. Um... Personally, I think that technology is going to get us really good places. It's just sort of that, like, it's that, that, that fear of the unknown, you know, where we don't know what the next step in technology is going to be. And it could be really good or it could be really bad. You know, there's been a lot of really good and really bad things invented. Um, it's, they're tools, you know, mm -hmm. and how we use them. Mm-hmm. I I did put the line in there with Rex uh, about 
basically, you know, you're you're going to be relegated to the past. You're just going to be remembered as someone who fought back against the machine, but the machine won. You know, I guess you're raging against that machine. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like how I suspect things probably will turn out <laughs> for my curmudgeonly nature against, you know, new advances in technology. Uh, I suspect that it's probably wise to keep us in check as far as or keep them in check as far as technology goes. And it's just like moving so quickly now. The Industrial Revolution is like really out of hand. Um, well, I think at this point it's more of a technology and, and evolu revolution mm -hmm. other than um, an industrial because it's not about right. the industry. It's about the technology powering everything, not just industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also really like a song by Sheldon Allman. I think, Gabrielle, you may have heard this. Uh <laughs> Um, and it is, uh, it is called walk on the ground and it's basically shows the progression of like people fighting back against new technology from, uh, the, the invention of like the steam engine, um, and keeps going and says, well, we're going to, when it gets to the plane, we're going to walk on the ground like the good Lord intended. And, uh, eventually there gets to be this, you know, who, the whole like cobalt bomb incident and, from the ashes, people now resolve that they're going to walk on the ground again. Uh, it's it's just kind of like the cyclical nature of, um, first of all, trying to reject technology, trying to be a Luddite, as as they're known. You know, the followers of that great man named Mr. Ludd, who tried to fight back against these things. The word sabotage actually comes from, I believe it's, what is it, a type of shoe or something that they would throw into the machines to sabotage them? No clue. Something <laughs> like that. I'd have to look that up. That's also in Star Trek. We were talking. <laughs> they make sabotage. mention of that. Sabotage. Uh, yeah, no, that's a thing. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's sort of like that, like, Icarus, like, don't fly too close to the right. sun. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, every um, generation, too, thinks that technology is going to take over and that mm -hmm. we won't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, with automation, people are like, there won't be anyone working in factories, and there's still people mm -hmm. working in factories. I mean, there's there were people who were complaining that children were writing on slates to no they were writing on paper too often and they wouldn't know how to write on slates <laughs> so every generation kind of gets this fear of what's coming and it eventually resolves and normally isn't as bad as people are expecting mm -hmm. i definitely recommend and i bet that you all would like the pessimist archive podcast it's um basically they took take looks into um, the past of basically that throwing stones against new innovation, that sort of thing. I listened to one about novel reading in which, you know, the penny dreadful days and the dime novel days in which they were considered basically filth and trash. And, you know, you're, you're, uh, filling your mind with lots of bad things and it's going to increase crime, that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, they, they take on those kind of historical innovations and try to help us. I guess, feel more calm about the fact that things are moving so quickly by, I guess, pointing out that historically things haven't like launched us into complete, utter desolation. So that's, that's a thing. <laughs> Do you think that there's a point where, um, you just have to like stand up to history and say, stop, this is like not good. No more technology. <laughs> I think there could be a point, but I don't think we've reached it mm -hmm. yet. Ooh. Um I'm going to say I think I think it's specific. I think 
universal technology and like helpful things, I think we can keep going with that. But I think when it comes to like destruction, so like weapons, things designed to be weapons, things designed to hurt, I think that is something that we're going to get to a point where like, no, we don't need any more of that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to creating or like travel um, or just like making things more efficient in terms of like food, I think that can just keep going up. Mm-hmm. Haven't we kind of already hit a cap with weapons, though? I mean, we haven't done anything more powerful than nuclear weapons, and there's a ban on chemical weapons, so I think we've already kind of reached that point with that specific area of technology. Yeah. Cyber warfare. Well, That's the... Yeah, actually. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> no. um, there was a short film I watched, and it's basically, yeah, we can we can do a wide reach, but the thing now is specifics. Where, like, uh, there was a short film I was watching where the premise was tiny drones designed with explosives in them meant to basically headhunt. So, like, mm-hmm. you, you you say you're going into this person's mm-hmm. head and you're going to explode and you're going to kill this specific person. And they were, like, really easy to maneuver around, mm-hmm. like, bullets and stuff. So where, like, something like that, I don't think we should have that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I think drones in general are problematic, especially because they can get in the way of air travel and they're not as regulated as any of our other types of transportation. Yeah. Sky anarchy. Sky anarchy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, one of the least innovated fields and one reason why humans have s- still such a good uh, – or such a lack of – let me start over. So many people can still find jobs in the medical world it's because that's one job industry that they haven't found a way to automate away uh because the precision needed to you know slice into somebody is (laughs) not something that our machines have been able to master so far so that's one thing in which we are still waiting for kind of the the strides and bounds of figuring out how to uh really improve technological I don't know if it's so much the accuracy. I think it's the issue of the liability. If the machine were to malfunction and there's no one in the room and you just trusted this machine to operate on a human patient. <laughs> isn't the – but I mean isn't that still just like a, a, a stone's throw away from the, the problem of accuracy? I guess if you had accurate machines, you wouldn't really be worried about I liability. I mean haven't you ever seen them do surgery on a grape? So <laughs> I'd say they're pretty accurate. <laughs> um. And another thing on the weaponry front, uh, guided bullets uh, is a spooky thing. Yeah. Yeah, sort of the similar concept of <laughs> mm-hmm. the yeah. – Yeah, yeah. Which I guess warfare – well, everybody will be able to stay home and commit war. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> you press a button and then exactly. they go where they need yeah. to go. Another it's... great Star Trek thing where they have automated it so much that basically it's, it's always just like a big cyber game. And uh, this planet – or these two planets, they basically um, – will like virtually strike one another and so therefore according to their own mental rules they have to like go into these rooms and be disintegrated because they have been struck they are dead officially yeah huh yeah (laughs) so yeah that's a that's an interesting thing um it was years back there was a show called almost human which was a a good sci-fi crime procedural which had the guided bullet issue basically how do you track down somebody that's like been killed with one of these um it's it's a it's a good uh, show. It lasted only one season, which is distressing. It makes me mad. But <laughs> uh, one of those shows on my list of shows that should be brought back or should have never been canceled to begin with. Um, of course, Firefly's on there as well. But 
that's a whole nother topic. Um, yeah, I'm just one of the, one of those. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. And so with that, do you do you think that the do you think that it's it's for the greater good? Do you think that we're going to get some good stuff out of the big Pandora's box of new technology? So to clarify, we're talking about technology in general, not the guided bullets. No, that's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, just future tech. Just future tech. Um, I'm going. I'm going to hunt rabbit uh, from my back back porch. I live in the city, but I am still well, going. Yeah. To... <laughs> you have a guided bullet. It's going to be really easy to hunt that rabbit. And then from. the drone. I have. A, I'll have a drone that will like go out and find my rabbit. It'll be like my sky hound. <laughs> it'll be like your your like falcon. Like, yeah, exactly. Instead of a pet falcon, go. yeah. It'll be yeah. It'll just like zoom in. Grab a rabbit, bring it home, and then I'll have my automated home system dice up the rabbit. Oh, wow. And then, um, I feel like all of these are bad ideas. <laughs> you are, you, you're just one of those, you know, naysayers about technology. Oh, yeah. Sure. That's the issue here. Luddite. That's progression. That's where, that's <laughs> where our future is leading us to. We're all going to eat rabbit. That's yeah. going to solve world hunger. Everyone gets a drone and a... I mean, they do reproduce really fast. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think in general, technology is normally positive. I think the issue is making sure that we have human oversight into the technology. I mean, that's another reason we brought up the medical field earlier, why there isn't much in the medical field, because it just requires so much testing to make sure that you're not going to hurt someone. And if we had not necessarily to that level, but similar oversight on other areas of technology, I think people would probably feel a lot more comfortable about it. I think the other thing now is we're starting to think ahead more, and I think that's going to be a really prominent thing in like new technology, new software is going to be, we're going to release the countermeasure before we release the product itself. So like like deep fakes, I think, I think that's sort of along the uh -huh. lines is like, they're probably going to learn something along the lines from deep fakes where you can fake anyone's face and make it look really realistic on a video, have them say what yeah, you want. Yeah, that is problematic. Um, uh, yeah, that's big. But I think that's going to sort of pave this way towards, well, I figured out this technology. Mm -hmm. These are all the bad things that we can do with it. Let's not release it until we can figure out how to counter it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be like the next process yeah. for releasing I think tech. as an actor, too, the issue of deep fakes especially makes gives me pause because I don't want someone making a whole movie with me with my face and then mm -hmm. they wouldn't have to pay me because I didn't do any of the acting. Yeah. It also is going to introduce this like level of a deeper level of skepticism like in mm -hmm. just to the just to the globe, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I on the one hand I do think we need to be skeptical consumers and that has been like my whole thing because the technology is kind of I mean, the Wild West is alive online. And so um, you just have to, to not believe everything you read. And in this case, watch, because that should have been like the golden standard of what you can trust is something on camera. Um, also, I think that you have to eventually predict that we are going to need at some point something along the lines of kind of a, a dichotomy or a philosophy of... Um, I have rights to my own personhood. I cannot have my DNA stolen for cloning. I cannot have it. It's going to become a, it's going to become a debate. I'm telling you, this is, 
Oh yeah, it's I really now. don't think anyone's going to want random people's DNA for cloning. Stalkers. Ooh, you say that now, but yeah. like <laughs> right now, it's, someone okay. Right now, it's not even legal to clean right. clone humans. Yeah, no, yeah. it isn't. Yeah, but it. But yeah, go ahead. Exactly. No, 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 no. yeah. That's, but no, no, yeah. here we go. <laughs> no, but like someone who's a healthier individual, say someone has like um, a disease that runs in their bloodline, mm-hmm. if it can get to the point where like, well, I have this DNA here that doesn't have this disease in the bloodline mm-hmm. can we can we have that you but know that's dna splicing that's not cloning yeah that's true right cloning was more of an example i think that the issue at hand is just the right to a person's own dna mm-hmm. uh, a right to a person's own likelihood i think we're basically going to have something along the lines of copyright to ourselves yes yeah. <laughs> i <laughs> am a person and then our I... birth certificates <laughs> yeah. kids are gonna have trademarks exactly on them. <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah because what the the rule of thumb is basically, you you have some lead level of copyright based upon just writing something. You should have some level of personal copyright to just being born. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I mean, at that age, you can also have things stolen, uh, probably more than what you might likely have elsewhere. Um, yeah, um, I also wanted to kind of just briefly discuss my thoughts going into this about kind of there's a metaphysical overtone to some of the stuff going on with Rodney um i think of like the the archon corporation it's it's named after um an old term for a ruler uh an archon's a, a type of ruler it's also in gnosticism was essentially some sort of like spiritual being um and so with that the rex mundi is also kind of an allusion to this kind of like Latin uh, word meaning uh, king of the world. And so it, it, it just kind of comes into this sort of power play that technology has at hand. So it, it, it becomes a little bit more than the, I guess, what meets the eye. Um, yeah, I was told that, like, no one was going to, like, dig that deep into it. So, <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to make my footnotes because everything like most of what i write like has a footnote like an invisible footnote on it <laughs> and so she's like, just so you guys know well that's one way of getting it out there. yeah that, here's i little, want everybody to know i don't trust my reader to find or my yeah. listener in this we, case. we don't trust you guys you shouldn't trust us that's what the that's what the podcast that's exactly. is exactly obviously why are you even listening to us right now? trust no one we're the ones um no but i do i do think there are people with that like mentality and capability to be like i could control the world Mm -hmm. through government you know or not even not through government through business you know yeah yeah i'm surprised there aren't like you know they need like have a bond villain that's just like i run social media (laughs) well have you have you seen um kingsman uh no i haven't that's that's the bad guy he's the bond villain who like started in like a like a web like a software company yeah. And he's like, I'm going to destroy the population. So well, like, dang. There goes a plot line that I could have just, like, spun out. You could probably anyway. still do that. Oh, okay. okay. I'll redo it. I'll just... He's crazy and exaggerated. You could, like, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Movie. yeah. Watch Kingsman. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Um, I guess we could really, like, briefly before we close out, because I guess we're on a deadline or here. Um I guess what 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 all brought you all here to Red Hawk Radio Theater? What what motivates you to be a part of this production? 
Um, well, I saw the post on Living at Southeast, and no one had replied to it. And I asked my mom, I was like, should I write a comment on this? Because I want to do it, but I don't want to be the only one to comment. And then my mom was like, what are you talking about? Of course you want to do this, like, voice acting? And I was like, okay. So I wrote a comment, and then I came to a meeting, and then all of a sudden I was vice president, and it's gone on from there. <laughs> um, For me, I already worked where Clayton worked, and Clayton was like, hey, I think I'm going to do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, you should do a podcast. And then he's like, I, I am doing a podcast. And I was like, cool, can I be a part of it? Uh, I'm an actor, so like that—that that was the motivation. I like, I, yeah. Grant is entirely here under coercion. Like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I said you have to be here. Like, you have to be here. Yeah, no, anyway, yeah. He like yeah. grabbed me one day and was like, "Hey, you're coming to the meeting. You're coming to the meeting." <laughs> uh, Becca, do you want to respond? Okay, to yeah, this? hi, I'm here. Uh, my name's <laughs> Becca. I've just been listening the whole time. So yeah, I also saw on Living at Southeast. Um, I had saw, seen that Clayton posted it because we were friends on Facebook because he interviewed me for something for the Aero, Aero previously. Um, and I did theater in high school and then a little bit after I graduated as well. And it's just something that I haven't been able to fit into my schedule since I came here to SEMO with work and with class. So I thought this was like a really good opportunity to get involved in theater again. Yeah, it's just really interesting and surprising that everybody like there was just so much feedback on it and that was just exciting you know uh, just to to be able to see that many people interested I don't know as far as like the, just like the audio drama medium it's coming back it's an interesting medium for sure like uh, yeah it's just yeah it's starting to replace well especially like it's starting to replace radio now that you can sort of listen to your stories right. on your phone you yeah. know yeah. and yeah. you can get a choice mm -hmm. of what you want I forget what station it was but there was like an area am station that was barely coming in one day and it was like playing like old adventures of superman on it and so <laughs> yeah no doubt like it, it, those are those random channels like there was this one channel where they would play i don't even remember the name advent they would play adventures in odyssey and then this one other random one mm. and it this channel only existed like one hour, one day a week. So it was really weird. But there are those channels mm -hmm. like that where you just randomly turn it on and there's an audio drama and you're like, yeah. I'm sure this wasn't here last yeah. week. I discovered an entirely Spanish language uh, uh, bu 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 uh, radio station out of southern Illinois, which was interesting. I got a little bit of uh, Spanish language music there. Anyway, uh, that's not really relevant, but it's also AM radio and the wonderful things you can discover there on occasion. Um I don't think I've told you all this, but like part of the inspiration for this was like I wanted to start an audio drama over the summer and I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? I could just record myself whenever I have time and try to do as many crazy acts as possible. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I don't have a lot of time for this. I'm going to also completely improvise this. So if you all need a, a good like cringe laugh sometime maybe i'll send you the files I recorded yeah that'll be a patreon, yeah, exclusive. patreon exclusive there you go if you guys demand it we'll we'll, we'll like post a forum put it in the comments <laughs> you ask and you shall receive um anyway i believe that's all we have for today anything else that anybody wants to throw out there before we wrap up 
Thank you for the support, guys. Yeah, thank we, you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this and to listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. We're just so excited to put this stuff out for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but, Becca's giving a thumbs mm-hmm. up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your support and listening means a lot to us. Sharing it, spreading the, the good news about the fact that there is an audio drama here. Uh, no matter where you are, whether it's Southeast Missouri or any place else in the world, we really appreciate your listening, and we really appreciate uh, your your fan support in that way. So we all want to thank you again before we sign off. I am Clayton Hester. We have Grant Coltenbach here today. We have Gabrielle Freitas, and we have Becca Peach. And we are saying goodbye for this episode of the Red Hawk Radio Theater After Show. <laughs>